Oh, you're doing fancy things. Okay. Yep. Taking on the side. I'm bad at taking cues, and my name is Samantha Denman. Uh, apparently, we're doing this fancy way now, so here we are. Uh, welcome to the second episode in the second season and our second video episode. I'm here with Sarah Tupper. We're going to talk about weed. He, as he brings the fader all the way down while I scream into the Two microphone. Two of my favorite things, weed and women. Yeah. Happy Friday. Yes. So uh, I met Sarah on the internet, the best way to meet people. Actually, I heard of her through my friend Jen, which if you've wa- listened to all the podcasts, you heard a little bit of her story last season. But uh, Sarah, what do you do with your life? <laughs> Please tell That's us. a loaded question. Yeah. Um, right now, I run a nonprofit called Sarah Jane. Okay, um, hoping to maybe turn that around into some making some cash in the cannabis industry in the next couple of years. That's what my husband calls it. My philanthropy. Oh, um, no, I am a mom. I have three kids. I am an entrepreneur in every sense of the word. Um, I love to work for myself. I've had numerous different jobs in my career, mostly focused and centered around hospitality, events, food and beverage management. And after I had my third son, walked away from my full-time job and decided that I am really highly motivated and I have a lot of just kind of autonomy that I wanted to explore. So I decided that I never wanted to work for anyone else ever again. And I I wanted to work for myself. Yeah. That's working for other people. Zero out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. And in retrospect, like knowing what I know now about like the state of the world and the planet and what was coming down the pipeline, it was a really, really good decision for me and for my family. And yeah, so I'm an event planner by trade. Um, Still do that on the side. That's my extra sauce on the side. (laughs) Um, I do some weddings. I do some corporate events. I have just kind of a vast, like, jack-of-all-trades knowledge of menus, beverage, logistics, project management, a little bit marketing strategy, and have always been a lifelong kind of cannabis consumer, cannabis closeted a little bit, and... About three years ago, um, just as Michigan was kind of on the verge of legalization for recreational use, kind of decided to dive into that because I really felt like no one was talking to this huge demographic of women who were either previous cannabis users in college or in their 20s and had kind of like waned off and or maybe were interested in getting back into it again and didn't know where to start and just the messaging and all of the stigma that surrounds cannabis use I just I really thought was really I don't know it was really fascinating to me on All of the things that we grew up learning about cannabis versus how I felt when I used cannabis, and that felt really different to me. Yeah. 
um, and wanting to figure out why and who's talking to these people kind of in the middle of this gray area. So exactly. I started Sarah Jane. Um, it was, it's been a tumultuous journey. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. Um, excuse me, Siri. That is rude. Siri. We just set her off. Anyway. Steal my thunder. I had to sniff my nose anyways. (laughs) Um, and originally started with two business partners, um, two friends, um, and now I'm on my own. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's been really interesting. So, so we can talk a lot about the, that. Yeah. What's the mission of Sarah Jane and where, how did you come to become passionate about that mission? Sure. Um, the mission has changed as <laughs> I have evolved in the space, as I have recognized some of the different issues, problems, barriers for women. So the original mission was to really be able to have open and honest dialogue about cannabis, to create a community where women felt comfortable, to be able to provide resources and education, and then to also make products that appeal to a wide variety of women. Um, So we started with that, had no idea what we were doing. Um, and in retrospect, I don't know if that's good or bad, but we just kind of like jumped in. Yeah. Um, and this industry has been, has changed a lot, but it's also been a really, really eye opening experience to do something where you have absolutely zero background experience in manufacturing, in science, in, all of the legalities and the regulations and the compliance rules and like the state being involved and all of the different things. So first we were like, we love weed. (laughs) We've noticed that like women our age like it. We've noticed that we're trying to drink less, sleep more. We're all anxious. We're all stressed out. How can we make products for these people? We're just going to do it. Like, let's just do it. Like, this can't be that hard. (laughs) Right? And you're like, okay, so I'll just do it. Yeah, sure. So we did. Easy as that. Yeah, Yeah, so we did. So we found a vertically integrated cannabis company at the beginning of our journey, who was like, totally, we love girls too. Like we want to have a girl partner and we want to do this. And it it worked for a while until it didn't work. And it didn't work on a lot of levels. We knew nothing about distribution. We knew nothing about how difficult it was going to be to break into this market. And I had two business partners who weren't in the state of Michigan. So I realized really quickly that like anything that we needed to do from boots on the ground, from a networking, from a marketing standpoint became me. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of when I think it, I became more of the face of the company and more of the like daily operations. Um, we learned also really quickly that most of the cannabis distribution, most of the companies, most of the grows, most of the anything is controlled by men um, who have access to 
millions of dollars. Millions. Tons of capital. Yeah. All their bestie buds who want to invest and get into the cannabis space and don't necessarily share any of our mission, value, goal. Um, well, I mean, the second cannabis was, recreational cannabis was legalized in Grand Rapids, all these companies from even other countries are showing up and buying up all of the cannabis licenses for for um, dispensaries. Mm-hmm. So you look at like the registration for all of the people who... All the real people are boxed out. Yeah. Yeah. And are just now finally getting to the point where mm-hmm. people in the community can actually right. create businesses. Right. Yeah. So... We did it. I mean, and it was fun and it was really interesting and we did all the package design and we did all of the distribution and we learned so much about all of the software programs and all of the tagging and the tracking and the metric system and compliance rules and all of that. But in that process also realized that like we need money, we need people, like you can't run a cannabis company that has distribution to 300 plus stores in the state of Michigan by yourself. Yeah. And we needed just a more understanding and a better, just a a partner that more aligns with what we want to do. Yeah. I didn't, I got sick of being called girl on conference calls and on in executive meetings. Well, And and the cannabis industry is so unique too, when it comes to like executive leadership because they're literally, it's like a grassroots, like the people who run and grow and do these things are just people who were big potheads and learned how to really mm-hmm. grow plants really mm-hmm. well. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, I'm on this gold mine. I guess I got to get some partners and start mm-hmm. growing. And so the professionalism in the cannabis industry is very different too than it is in any other industry. Totally. And there's not a lot of, like there's not a lot of historical data. Yeah. So when we were building, and and that's difficult when you're going in and asking people for capital and you want, you're building a pro forma, you're building revenue projections and you're like, well, this is what we think is going to happen in the Michigan market based on other markets that we've studied. But we actually don't know because we don't have any sales data to look back on. We don't have five years worth of projections to see if this is really viable. And we know that our demographic is there. But the difficult part for me was no, also knowing that that demographic wasn't walking into a dispensary. No. Yeah. And she's not super comfortable all the time asking questions to a 25, a 26-year-old bud tender also about ever. period pain, post-menopause, trouble with sex, like really things that women only ask other women in like smaller circles of people. Yeah. So that was the challenge. It was like, okay, now, now we have kind of the product map and we kind of have the marketing map, but like, how do we engage these women? And I'm still learning how to do that in full transparency and experiment. The perception is changing so quickly Mm -hmm. that it's hard to know what your target demographic thinks anymore. Totally. Yeah. 
Totally. And again, these women are people that are coming up to me and asking me in person or in the carpool line or texting like, can I ask you a question about your business? You know, they're not out there. They're not posting on Instagram. They're not transparent with a lot of their cannabis use because they're scared. They're nervous. They have to take a drug test at work. They're teachers, you know? And so that became a really interesting concept too, because at the beginning we were like, oh, well, we're just going to send people all these products. We're going to have them try them and they're going to like them. They're going to post about them and then we're going to sell it. And people were like, no, we really like your product. We use it all the time, but we can't, I can't share that with people. I can't tell people, I can't publicly say that I'm using this because of my job, my family, my whatever, my community, whatever it is, right? So um, it became just a really interesting study on women in general and how women feel comfortable sharing in smaller groups and in more intimate settings and not necessarily like not everyone's an influencer, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not, I mean, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast, right? It's like to be able to have those small conversations with people that make a big impact, but actually have people watch you have those conversations. Totally. Like, when you talk about building distribution and like all of the business behind that, how long did it take you to do all of that? Did you meet great connections along the way that helped you? Did you have any help or did you feel like you were just pulling teeth the whole time? It should have taken us a lot longer because we should have sat down and created like a comprehensive business plan for distribution and marketing strategy. Yeah. But we didn't do that because we just thought like, oh, well, people like me, like they'll buy what I what I'm trying to sell and really had no conceptual understanding of a, like how quickly the cannabis industry was going to explode. Yeah. How many people are just throwing products out on the market with not a lot of intention and that's okay. I mean, weed is fun too. Yeah. So I want to make sure like when I talk about it, we talk about using it for like all of these different things. Like, I have a hard time with Michigan with the way we talk about weed, right? We have either medical, like I'm using this for a specific purpose, like I'm going through chemotherapy or I have something that is categorized as that I have the ability to have my medical card or we have stoners, right? Right. And I really believe that like 90% of people kind of fall into that middle area where you're like... Well, I'm using it recreationally, but it helps me sleep. Yeah. But it helps me with my stress, but it helps me with my anxiety. So what is that? Is it recreational? But I'm not taking bong rips on my couch and eating a can of Pringles, or maybe I am, and that's okay too because weed is fun. Yeah. (laughs) Or am I taking it medically? Yeah. And- I kind of believe that like all of it is medicinal, right? Yeah. And it can be used and integrated more into like an everyday mental health and wellness toolkit. Yeah. And I like, I it's just a grew tool. up here too, right? So yeah. like 
I hated weed. Well, and I, we're products of the like dare. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. If you do weed, you're gonna be weed doing is, heroin. Weed soon. is equal to cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine cocaine is equal to heroin. Heroin's yeah. equal to crystal meth. Yeah. Like so you're pretty much crack. You're on that freight train. Yeah. You know, you're done. No stopping me. Right. Um, still did it. But- <laughs> <laughs> Haven't gotten to the meth yet, but we'll see what happens throughout my life. Still smoked it yeah. <laughs> from a Ziploc baggie from a random human, you know, yeah. and we could talk a little bit about that, like the evolution of cannabis. Yeah. It's really different now, right? Yeah. And that's what? part of educating women about that experience is like, you know, I hear so often like, oh my God, I had the worst experience. I smoked one time in college and I, and so my follow up to that is like, cool. So then the first time you got wasted and you were so sick, you quit drinking? Yeah, no. You you were like, I had a terrible experience with it. I'm done. I'm never doing this again. Is that what happened? And women are like... As they're drinking their Chardonnay, like, <laughs> well, no, That's I just, different. and I'm like, so you figured out for your body how you could do that and what your threshold was and what you liked and how it made you feel. And then you went on that journey, right? So yeah. that's the same as cannabis for people. Yeah. What I do doesn't work for everyone. What you guys do doesn't work for everyone. Like you have to figure it out. And in figuring it out, you have to experiment with it. Yeah. So let's talk about the worst thing that can happen if you like Ooh, I'll experiment tell you. with cannabis, right? I'll tell you. You throw up and then you're fine. Right. <laughs> or you might not even throw up. Yeah. You might be ridiculously like giggly and silly. And maybe or a you might sleepy. take a three hour nap. Yeah. Or you might eat your pantry. Yeah. But you're in your house, you're with people, like you're safe. Like what are you, what is the worst case scenario that you're so scared of? Right. And let's talk through that. And then let's, let's start at the beginning and experiment slowly with it. Yeah. So I think that there's just like, there's still so much embedded stigma in that, in particular for women who have kids Mm. and caveat to that. I'm a white woman. Yeah. Right? From yeah. Grand Rapids. Right. Okay. I, I'm not going to get my kids taken away from me. Yeah. If I consume cannabis. Even so when it was illegal. I, I want to acknowledge yeah. that, like, and acknowledge my privilege that I have in this space to actually do what I do. Um, but part of that for me is wanting to be impactful and make a bigger impact in the industry at large and figure out a way that I can not only empower women as consumers, but very quickly my mission turned to how can I empower like other women as entrepreneurs yeah. in this space? Like, how do we remove all of these barriers to access? How do we remove this like boys club, this like investor, this like all dudes hanging out together and creating these huge corporations that like we can't even get our foot in the door? So my mission started pretty simple and now has built in complexity, aka work, money, yeah. <laughs> labor, sweat equity, all of it. Um, the more I recognized that there not only was a space for products in the market for women, but there needs to be a space for women who 
want to grow and sell and women who want to manufacture their products and other women-owned companies that are manufacturing cannabis products in other states, well, they probably want to work for women with women too. Yeah. So how can I build this community? And then that quickly went into how can I control my own products? How can I control my own distribution? How can I have better control over all of that? And it's not making it's not doing these contracts to make products with other people who don't believe in my mission. So I've kind of had to like pump the brakes a little bit and figure out like what I really want to do. So what I really want to do, what I think that the future for females in cannabis in the state of Michigan is that there are very few places where you can manufacture cannabis products that are for women and where women work, where women can help. And I really want to eventually have my own processing facility where we can buy cannabis wholesale from female growers. Yeah, We can manufacture and process not only Sarah Jane, but a variety of different products for other female brands that want to come to Michigan. Yeah, And we can help get them through all of these barriers to distribution based on what I've learned thus far. And I think there's a space for it. It's just really hard when all men hold most of the money, yeah. right? And, and you're you pitching a female business model, Yeah, right? Yeah. And so what do we hear from men? But us too. Yeah. But like, don't you want to sell weed to men? Yeah, I'll sell weed to anyone. But- The problem is that there's really a lack of space for women. And I don't think that that's only a cannabis industry problem. It's a very naive, with a marketing background, it's a very naive way to think too. Because if you're not thinking about the fact that women make 80% of consumer decisions, you're not a very smart business person. Absolutely. So... And what else do we know about women? Um, They give back more to their community. They reinvest. They give to nonprofits. They care about where their products come from. They care about who's growing them. It's the same as what you put into your body, right? It's the same as what you're buying for your household. It's the same as your like beauty and healthcare and your vitamins and whatever you're doing to take care of your mental and physical health. Like that is a very female focused well and industry grows by word of mouth and women do that well Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a genius business plot so um why do you think that it's so important for women to utilize cannabis i think that there are so many different things and I think so many things go unspoken. And I think that there's this expectation and there always has been in society that we just like suck it up, right? Like your hormones are crazy and your menstrual cycle's crazy and your cramps are crazy and it's like you just continue on, right? And then you are in your childbearing years and then you have children and the postpartum is crazy and your hormones are crazy and you're wondering, am I normal? Am I okay? Is this real? And it's just everything that I think our culture has told us to not talk about. Yeah. Kind of weed falls into that category, right? Like 
or I'm having problems with sex or I'm 42. So I'm already thinking like, all right, well, I'm about to venture into like Mm -mm. a whole different hormonal level of like next development in my femalehood, personhood, right? Like, who knows what the hell that's going to feel like. Like, I don't know, but I've heard not great things. Like, I think that we're so quick to just, and I think that this kind of falls into like healthcare as well. We're just really quick to like set it aside and not talk about it and not be honest when there's everyone's kind of feeling the same thing or having feelings about, I don't know. It's, and then with the, with everything that's going on in like the current political climate or what we've made political yeah, that we shouldn't. Um, and with COVID, um, it, women carry the weight of this entire world on their shoulders mm-hmm. and also are deemed less human yeah. at times than men. And going through, I should caveat this whole conversation with, I have a degree in women's studies, so I could talk about this for hours (laughs) and had no idea the intersectionality of like what I studied in college and what I do now had no idea, like how much that was going to converge and had no idea, like how long this chip on my shoulder has like existed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I consider it like the universe's gift that I have three sons yeah, because it, this is vital, right? Yeah. Like I'm raising three white men exactly. to go out into this world, right? Like I gotta, that's a huge burden to carry yeah. too, and I gotta make sure that they're going out there and that they're gonna amplify voices for all people and women, especially, and become really, really just empowered feminists. Um, and I think that word's gotten a bad rap too. Like, oh, well, I'm not a feminist. I don't really. And I'm like, okay, like, (laughs) do you understand what that means? Yeah, like That's weird. Um, yeah, I just think, I think it's really important to just be honest and be open and have resources and people that you can talk to about things and understand that. You know, if we want to go back to alcohol versus cannabis, right? Well, cannabis is a plant. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how I talk to my kids about it, like age appropriate level, but like it's a plant. Well, and I, it grows. It's the fifth largest cash crop in America. Yeah. And for me, the biggest thing was like, I didn't like stoner culture. So, Mm -hmm. bongs and thongs. That's what I call it. Yeah. Bongs and thongs. thongs. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I, had a conversation with my husband early on when we were dating because he like suggested that we smoke together sometime and I said I won't marry you if you smoke weed because oh let's unpack that Sam okay so let's go back how talk to me about the evolution of your journey with cannabis because I think that that's a direct reflection on how so many women yeah if you want to know what cannabis culture in West Michigan is like I'm a great example because um when Caleb and I met, he was a pretty, I don't know how regular, but pretty regular user. Less than now. I mean, we smoke every day now, but um, <laughs> but he was talking about it with me, and I was so disgusted. I was like, oh, God, I really like this guy, but like, 
not only does he smoke cigarettes, he smokes weed too. Like I never wanted to be with someone who was such trash, you know, like that's literally what my perception was. Like, wow, you're dirty and gross. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe, I can't believe you waste your time Mm -hmm. hanging out with people who smoke weed. And around that time, even weed culture was different. Mm -hmm. It has changed so much in the past 10 years. And a lot of times people would just hang out with other people just because they had weed. And I hated that concept of weed culture Mm -hmm. because you had all these friends who you were only friends with because they had weed. And I didn't like that. I also didn't like the, just the, the picture that you have of someone who smokes weed, right? Like long hair in a dark room that's hazy and yeah, full like of smoke. Yeah, like we're still talking about like a tapestry on the wall yeah. and some type of like Grateful Dead tie-dye t-shirt, which I love. Yeah. Like side note, I am also kind of like a, I'm a bougie hippie, but yeah, like I get that. You're, we're talking like still like Pink Floyd on yeah. in a dark room, like and going to a party that you out and there's like a hazy cloud of smoke. Going to a party that you don't want to go mm-hmm. to is what marijuana was to me. Like it, it was hanging out with people that are really boring and have nothing else to add to the world. Like that's how I felt about right. weed. People who smoke weed are boring and they have nothing else to offer and it's just kind of depressing that you live your life like mm-hmm. that. Like I was very judgmental. But about let's it. go out and rip some shots and oh, like dance. Literally <laughs> until Which I also could three do o'clock like really the, well. Yeah. yeah until three o'clock in the morning I'm shutting down the yeah. bar and making out with the bartender. Totally. Like I I was about that life. Mm-hmm. But if if you brought weed around Oh my gosh. One time I really crossed my barriers and bought weed for one of my boyfriends and he didn't appreciate it enough. And I broke up with him because it was that much outside of my comfort zone. Like I was doing something so nice by being accepting. Mm -hmm. So made Caleb quit weed before we got married, Okay, which I don't think he ever did. Um, (laughs) He just hit it better. Now's your moment of truth, Caleb. (laughs) Um, So about two years into our marriage, he, we were already in a bad place. If you haven't already heard our story, we had a really shitty time for the first three or four years of our marriage and didn't really like spending any time with each other and had nothing in common. And so Caleb would leave and go smoke f- weed with his friends until two o'clock. So in the that morning. further like stereotyped that mm-hmm. it made it worse mm-hmm. because I was like, see, he's doing exactly at the time he had a part time job and that was it. And so I was like, wow, I signed up for this. I knew what I was getting. I have a pothead husband who works part-time job and has no ambition in life. And this is what smoking marijuana is. And so we had a really hard time for a long time. And I cheated on my husband, which if you want more details about that, lying and cheating is the name of the episode. Um <laughs> And went to therapy. Looks it up. I have phone. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I've already spilled the tea, so you could go watch it later. Um, so that's I, amazing, though. Just that you can be honest about that. That you've story. processed that. That you've been able to like work through that and know that, like, see, here we go again. Like, not everything's black and white, right? Right. And and in therapy, I realized the thing that I disliked yes, wasn't therapy. the weed it yes. wasn't it, it wasn't the weed it was the disconnection mm-hmm. it was 
being unattracted to my husband because he was using weed in a way that was unhealthy, which mm-hmm. we can also talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's got, not. Then you a, got high and had sex and realized how great <laughs> no, that, that was. No, that came a lot later. Okay. Right. So, and I, I may have already told this story on the podcast, <laughs> but uh, shout out to my therapist because we're sitting there in therapy and talking and she's like, wow, your brain just never stops, does it? And I was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. She was like, um, I'm not supposed to tell you this. Women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but you probably should smoke some weed. And I said, oh, what? Like, cause my brain is still on weed is evil. Right. And she's like, I don't know if that makes you uncomfortable. If it does just disregard it. I'm not even supposed to tell you. Cause I think that counts as a prescription of some kind, but just so you know, I think it would really help you. And you should try some indica because you need to chill the yeah, fuck out. You're relaxed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, cool it. Okay. I'm probably not going to try that, but whatever. So then about two weeks later, I tried it and, <laughs> and, and here we are one felt, big happy family and felt literally nothing. So, mm-hmm. and not nothing in the good way. Like it didn't affect me at all right. the first time. And I think the thing that people don't talk about is like, you need to find the kind, the method of cannabis that works for you. And I, the first time I smoked, it was from a joint. Mm-hmm. And I still don't really enjoy smoking joints as much as every other form of cannabis. Um, and so I just wasn't interested in it for a long time. And then COVID happened and my body was sore during, oh no, first I got in a car accident mm. and totaled my car. And was sore and so asked my husband if we could try weed again because I wanted to try that instead of ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. And he was like so excited, of course, and went and immediately got me weed and like... Like a buffet. Yeah, whatever I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) So I tried it and that time it just made me feel like chill, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was lucky enough to... That's sometimes yeah. the hardest part when people are like, well, what am I going to feel? Yeah. You don't know. If until I you try take it. this, what will I feel? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I can make a guess based on like how I feel or what product you're showing me, but I don't know. Yeah. You have to experiment with it and find where you feel your best. Yeah. And, and so I was fine and then casually somehow we stumbled upon the fact that I really liked edibles and I I don't remember when that was but I really liked being able to come home at the end of the day and just take one and not be working and it really helped my husband and I connect Mm -hmm. and not even just sexually literally in general because Mm -hmm. feeling wise yeah it had been dialogue it had been such a long time since we'd both been relaxed around mm-hmm. each other that it was really helpful for us and so we started like we'd sit on the couch and Caleb would smoke and I'd take an edible and we'd watch a movie mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what we do every night now mm-hmm. um but cannabis has been really helpful with my anxiety and I have a lot of insomnia and um I it has also really helped me stop drinking so mm-hmm. much and me too if you know me at all, if you've been out with me, I used to drink to excess every day. Yeah, I'm a more is more yeah. kind of person. Like if I'm out, I'm out. See you tomorrow. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my husband would know that, right? Like, so my husband's more introverted and much more kind of even keeled. We've chatted about yeah. this. Um, and, it, you know, midnight, I used to call him Cinderella. Because <laughs> midnight, he'd have to go home and he'd be in a cab and I'd just be like, the literally see you tomorrow. Yeah, you leave him. The, so I'm Cabs the same outside. Way. <laughs> bye. Go I'm home, the pay way. the babysitter. Bye. Yeah. You know, I'm the like, same way. I'm like, are you going to like, are you going to ruin the night for me? Should I just leave you at home? Because like, I don't want you ruining the vibe. Yeah. Like it used to be me and my friends out until two in the morning. And I always say my friend and he's like, you have 5,000 friends. I don't even know who you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Like even this morning, I'm like, when well, I'm going to go record this podcast with my friend, Sam. Oh, your friend, Sam, like my friend. Oh yeah. You have another, my friend, other Sam. Instagram, Sam. Yeah. That's what we call like the yeah. two Sams that I've met yeah. on Instagram. And he's like, Oh, Instagram, Sam. And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Another one. Remember you met her at AB's <laughs> party with her husband. And he was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Like he has to catalog. Caleb like, doesn't even ask anymore. Because I just say it all the yeah. time. Like, or, oh, I'm going to dinner with my friend, you know, Hillary or wherever. And he's like, okay. Good for you for having so many friends. Cool. Too. Mama's going to dinner with someone. We'll see her tomorrow. You know, so. <laughs> A vision of your future, Caleb. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it helps to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, totally. Again, you knew what you were signing up You said for, a vision right? of my present if you didn't hear him. Um, yeah. But so that's how it used to be. Just ripping shots, drunk all the time. And then quarantine came and I realized I was a social, social drinker, but I was also depressed and I also had nothing to do. So right. And alcohol does nothing when you are an extrovert but can't go out. And you're depressed and maybe have some anxiety and realize that alcohol is a depressant, especially if you have drinks by yourself in your house. Like yeah. that is not an ideal situation for me. Uh huh. Yeah. And I am the kind of person who is more is more. So mm-hmm. when I drink alone at home, I drink just as much as I drink when I'm out mm-hmm. and it was a whole bottle of wine a night mm-hmm. and I had a headache constantly. Mm-hmm. And so with weed, it was great because you could feel like you were being excessive because you you can get high on a very little amount, especially mm-hmm. if you don't use regularly. Mm-hmm. And then you're fine. Mm-hmm. And even in the same day, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You could you could be high in the morning and in the afternoon go to a business meeting and no one would know you were ever high. Mm-hmm. When you're drunk, if you're drunk, you're out. Yeah. So for me, it was like, okay, I hate that people compare cannabis to a alcohol i agree i think it's a really I don't like dangerous people, analogy yeah but women ask all the time yeah and i i understand why people make the connection because alcohol can be more harmful than cannabis and so it's people who if you've tried cannabis and love it it's a no-brainer and it doesn't make any sense why people would choose alcohol over cannabis but when you're cannabis averse mm-hmm. it feels very much like mansplaining to you Mm -hmm. like okay whatever you just say that because you're obsessed with it right and and that's the thing too with cannabis is you can't force someone to do it before they're ready and and if you're never ready that's okay too Mm -hmm. no one's telling you you have to and i'm always like in the camp where i'm like i'm not saying it's one or the other right because like i still like to go out or i like to go out to a nice dinner and have like two glasses of wine and hang out and but like, 
it doesn't always have, again, it's not black and white. It's not one or the other. And I feel very much similarly about like pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I think a lot of people assume that I'm very anti like medication of any sort because I integrate cannabis more often. But I do believe that there's like a time and a place for everything and it can be responsible the same way you can responsibly use cannabis. Yeah. And function as a parent, as a spouse or partner, as a human, as a colleague, like there is, that can all coexist in the same space. Exactly. And, and actually cannabis has helped me to not be a binge drinker because I can have one drink and smoke a little and feel a little good, but then go on with the rest of my day. Mm -hmm. And that's a great feeling to not feel like, well, once I'm partying, I'm partying Mm -hmm. like and I need to be partying all night. Yeah. I just feel more, I've noticed as I get older that I dislike the lack of control. Yeah. The alcohol, uh, how alcohol affects me in that way. And cannabis, I have the ability, I feel like I have more control over how I act, what I'm saying. I don't wake up the next day and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, was I a complete spaz last night? You know? Yeah. And I'm very lucky, again, I'm a white woman. I'm very lucky that in my 20s and 30s and kind of in this journey of exploring alcohol and cannabis that I I never got in any serious trouble. Yeah. And there were situations where I easily could have been in serious trouble. Yeah. Um, whatever that means, like a lot of situations, but I just, I feel safer now. Yeah. Knowing how to use cannabis and how to do that in a social setting and at my home. Yeah. In private and in public, I just feel better about how I behave sometimes. Well, and the nice thing about legalization too is like, the acquiring of cannabis doesn't have to feel so sketchy. It doesn't have to feel so shady, shady yes. all the time. The The morality of it is changing mm-hmm. so fast. And, and I started realizing that I could be in rooms with really intelligent people who also use cannabis and have great conversations because we're all using cannabis mm-hmm. and joining the entrepreneur circle in Grand Rapids there's a lot of alcoholism. There's a lot of substance abuse because that's the nature of an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Is more is more is more. Totally. And when you're hanging out with a bunch of other people like that, it's really great to have the substance add to the conversation instead of taking it away mm-hmm. and making things awkward and yep. having people kiss each other who shouldn't kiss each other and all these things that come with being too drunk. Totally. (laughs) A lot of that doesn't happen. And that's like the world I come from, right? I worked in hospitality. I worked in Chicago for 11 years in the restaurant industry. That's what you do, right? Like you work and then you're done at midnight. Then you get drunk and have sex with the chef. And you drink and you make stupid decisions. You like eat McDonald's and then you wake up the next day and you do it all over again. And then there's a happy hour after work and then there's a networking thing here that's an open bar and then you're in Chicago in your 20s and you're going to a bar and you're like oh it's $30 for a bracelet and then it's all you can drink what a deal (laughs) seriously you know that's a value yeah like let's do that you know and And it's five drink minimum (laughs) 
it perpetuates itself and you don't realize it because you're around other people who are, but we, you know, my husband and I had like a really in-depth conversation probably about five years ago now, five, six years ago, where we just were like, alcoholism runs in his family and we were just noticing just habits and like, and it was becoming a habit and it wasn't that it was feeling like we couldn't control it, but it was like, why is this becoming a habit? Like this isn't adding anything to our life, to our marriage, to our family. We have kids now. Like I can't miss a Saturday no, because I don't feel well and I can't get out of bed. Yeah. And my kids don't understand that. And that's not the image. And then my husband brought up something that I thought was just like so interesting. And he was just like, I don't want to be the dad that has to have two beers after work to like interact and play with my kids. Like I don't want my kids to grow up and think back to any situation that they had where we were social, we were fun, we were engaging that um, the alcohol was involved. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to be that dad. And that's kind of when we both like flipped the switch for real. And we were like, all right, like we don't need to drink at home. Yeah. And we are interesting and fun humans. And it's also becoming more comfortable with yourself, right? Yeah. And not using it as a crutch yeah. of like, okay. And that applies to weed like, too. Like I'm so fun, but only if I have like three glasses of wine, yeah. you know? Like, or only if, I, even only if I'm completely stoned. Like right. Part of, part of the journey of navigating cannabis and alcohol is understanding that what your motivation is, mm-hmm. right? Because that was in our marriage, the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. It didn't have anything to do with the substance that was being used. Mm-hmm. It was the my husband is using something to escape other than talking to me. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And then in my case, I was pissed because the thing that I used to cope was flirting with other men. Mm-hmm. And I had stopped that. So if I can stop doing that, Right. When I'm faced with that every day. Right. Why can't you stop smoking weed to hang out with me sober one night? Right. Uh, Because you need therapy. Right. Like the the things that were unattractive to me about him smoking marijuana had nothing to do with the marijuana. Right. It was because we had deeper issues that needed to be worked on. You weren't processing your feelings. Yes. So So deeper issues, Caleb. You're using, I mean, that, and that's the difference to me. It's like you're using something to numb it and check out. Or you're using something to be present yeah, and to be in touch with what you're actually feeling and process all of those feelings and those emotions, right? And yeah. alcohol for us was check out numb. Yeah. And cannabis for us in this evolution of our journey has been more check-in, connection, deep conversations, goals, visions for the future, how we want to raise our kids, like... Really All good sex, really good sex. Yeah. Where you feel everything in your body and you're relaxed. Yeah, and, you and you're connect. uninhibited. And I'm not worried about like my butt looks fat or, yeah. you know. Or like, is he looking at my butthole? Right. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> no, honestly. As long as I don't have to look at it. Who cares? Right. Yeah. You know, and like just <laughs> being like okay with existing in that space together without having any of these like numbing 
tools. And not even just numbing. In our case, alcohol makes one of us in this marriage very angry. So like it makes things worse. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we consume cannabis together, we're laughing, we're Mm -hmm. joking around, I'm dancing in the kitchen, we're we're joking, we're we're fighting. Mm Mm-hmm. But lightheartedly, like we're we're having conversations, well, or we're fighting, but we're actually getting to the root of what we're fighting about. Yeah. And I'm not pissed off that you like loaded the dishwasher wrong. Yeah, because that's not that really what matter. it's about. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like we're actually unpeeling some of that like surface stuff, and we're talking about real stuff. Yeah, and and that never happens when you're drunk. No, no. <laughs> You know, I mean, and I look at that too and I laugh so hard because, you know, consumption lounges for cannabis, I'm really interested and I've been doing some research in that space about development of that and event spaces for cannabis. And I laugh because I'm like, like no one's a fighter. Like no one's going to like, I mean, think about like the conflict and like how you try to resolve conflict after you've been drinking versus after you've been consuming cannabis, it. it's yeah. like, right. Or yeah. you're just like, I love you. It's fine. Like, we'll figure it out. You know, I don't know. I just feel like too, when it comes to the, the motivation being in the wrong place, cannabis is something where it's easier to work yourself back to a healthy place. Yes. First of all, because your body doesn't have that dependency. Yes, you can have dependency because you have habits, mm-hmm. but my body doesn't crave cannabis. Mm-mm. If anything, sometimes my body needs a break from it mm-hmm. because it does affect your hormone systems, and we can talk about that mm-hmm. in a little bit, and it, it does affect the way that your sleep functions and those kinds of things, and sometimes that helps, and sometimes you can overdo it right. and put yourself in a place where you're like, I think I need and a And I can feel it when yeah. I've overdone it. Yeah. Like, my body tells me that, Yeah, and you just got to listen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it is, if you are a regular cannabis consumer, it is really wise to take a break every once in a while. First of all, because it will save you some money Mm -hmm. because you won't have to consume as much Mm -hmm. cannabis, but also just to check in with yourself Mm -hmm. to be like, can I function without this? Because substances may not be addictive, but they habits are. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you're unknowingly numbing something that you're not dealing with, it's really important to like check in with the people around you when you're not high and be like, Hey, can I, can I do this without it? Right. Right. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about the like specific benefits of using cannabis as a woman and in general and the future of the industry. And we're going to do that, but we're going to take a break first. Well, I don't want to look at the camera. I want to look at you. Aww. We've hated each other all week, so it's nice to actually get along. I choke. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, we're ready. I hate it when you cue me. That's awkward. Uh, okay, we're back. <laughs> oh, see, I feel like it's really official. Is it? Because yeah, I... I want to like... I'm very... Yeah, I'm very averse to him telling me to do anything. So oh. even a little hand gesture, I'm like... Stop bossing me around. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I get that. <laughs> you could ask my husband about that. And he starts, what? are you implying that I'm doing the wrong thing? Yeah. yeah. Did I do it? Yeah. yeah. That's why when you're like, well, you told me yesterday and I'm like, well, that's what you heard, but that's probably not what he said. Cause I hear things in my head too. Except for with him, it is what he said. He just doesn't remember saying it. Love you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
A little bit of both, we yeah. say. Um, okay, so we're back. Hi. Let's talk about the benefits of using cannabis. Sure. So because we're talking about people who may be a little bit cannabis hesitant, um, you're the great person to be a gateway drug, LOL, for people because... I'm the open. I'm the foot in the door. Yes. I'm coming out of the cannabis closet. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, what are the the biggest reasons you see that people use cannabis to improve their life? I see in particular, and I'll speak to my experience of being a parent as well, um, cannabis is excellent at helping to handle sleep problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of goes back to what we were chatting about earlier, like being able to calm your mind and calm your body simultaneously is really, really hard for people. Um, Particularly hard for people who move fast, like you and I do, like Things are fast, calendars packed, lots going on, million to do things on my to-do list running through my head, like scrolling through emails, like I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, already thinking about, well, when I can have my coffee the next day and what I have to do. So quiet, calm mind. Yeah. And it also helps a lot of people actually who have anxiety are nervous about using cannabis because they think they're going to have a poor body response Mm -hmm. to it because when you have anxiety you know what it feels like to feel trapped in your body Mm -hmm. and so the great thing about modern cannabis is that's a lot less likely to happen Um, and it actually relieves body symptoms the way um, the way that like a Xanax Mm -hmm. doesn't in a much milder Mm -hmm. um, more approachable Mm -hmm. way because if I were to be prescribed Xanax, I would be an instant addict. So it's something that yeah, and I don't I don't know a whole lot about pharmaceuticals. I don't take them. I probably at some point in my life should have explored some of that anti anxiety medication. Yeah. But I feel much more balanced and focused now. Yeah. The older I am, um, I agree, and I also think that something to note too is to be able to balance kind of that THC input with CBD yeah. as well. Um, and I think that's a really good place for people to start if they are looking for more of that like relaxation, that body and mind and just kind of like, I don't know, my husband and I call it like that like mattress melt, yeah. right? Like where you can actually physically lay down and feel like I'm calm like I can fall asleep I'm not gonna just lay here for the next hour and think about falling asleep or like count on my phone like I have seven more hours if I fall asleep right now I have seven hours yeah okay if I fall asleep right now I have five and a half like you know and that was me for a really long time and alcohol doesn't help with sleep no even though you think it does you wake up and you're not rested at all yes um, and a lot of the, if you get into the science of it, which we won't get too far into that right now, but a lot of the same things that cannabis affects in your body are the same things that are responsible mm-hmm. for sleep. So if you haven't looked into the cannabinoid system in your body, it's a naturally occurring thing. Mm-hmm. Cannabis and CBD in particular help with regulating mm-hmm. that. And a lot of people, just like with my antidepressants, that part of their brain system is off and they need a little help. And so it's a great way to support that part of your life too. Mm -hmm. And I want to mention too, that 
if you are using cannabis for anxiety support, make sure you tell your doctor. Mm-hmm. And you can also still continue whatever pharmaceutical care you are using for that. Because I, in particular, am on an antidepressant. Yep. Um, and I have found out recently that I'm bipolar too. Mm-hmm. So I get manic and I get depressive. And yep. so the the antidepressant helps with my depressive episodes. And if I get too manic... I smoke weed and it helps me come down a little bit. So just make sure that if you're in therapy or working on a regimen for your mental health with your doctor, that you're telling them about your cannabis use because it does affect your brain chemistry. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, again, where we fall into that gray area, right? Where people think, oh, we don't believe in pharmaceuticals. We only believe in using cannabis. And there are methods to kind of combine all of those things in your toolkit, right? Yeah. And use all of these things. And cannabis isn't a one size fits to all to manage your life. Yeah. Just like medication, cannabis mm-hmm. doesn't fix every problem. Right. You need to know what you're doing. Right. And that is really intimidating for mm-hmm. people. So the best way to do that is to reach out to organizations like yours yep. or you who have information about how it affects your body. Yeah. Or talk to other women who've experienced Mm -hmm. these things or your friends. So it's really interesting. We've been doing, I've been doing these like private shopping experiences Mm -hmm. in different um, provisioning centers, which is what they call dispensaries here in Michigan, and just having all women come. And I've been having the provisioning center staff, all females as well. And it's really interesting the questions that people ask when they feel comfortable and the environment where most of these women have never been to a dispensary before. They've never looked at a a label on any product. They don't understand dosage. And to have like a small group of women with all female staff there, like in the store and the staff would like lay out all the different products and talk to every individual woman about what they were looking for and where they think that they should start Yeah, this kind of journey in this process and what that dosage looks like. It's so different than what all of these women expected. Well, and the, they and were the like, normal oh my experience God. is not like that. Right. Like normally when you walk into a, a dispensary, it's a bunch of 20 year old kids who could be high at work Mm -hmm. and you're you don't get to touch anything you can't like look at anything COVID you're ordering online yeah that doesn't help anyone that doesn't know what any of these things are doesn't understand THC percentages doesn't understand a milligram dosage in an edible like looking at an online menu and just doing like a delivery or a drive-through pickup if you don't know where to start is kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, there's no one guiding you in that experience and there's no resource to like ask any follow-up questions. Exactly. So that was where I really felt like there was a gap here. Yeah. And I think that there's a huge gap in staff education too. Yeah. There aren't that many people that I'm aware of that have comprehensive training procedures for their staff that work in provisioning centers. And if they are training them, I don't think they're talking about periods. I don't (laughs) think they're talking about menopause. I don't think they're talking about sex. I don't think they're talking about parenting anxiety and 
COVID stress and like they're, they're talking not- about terpenes and strains because they're men right who are nerding out about the flower they just grew yeah. they're not understanding that in order to educate the world about cannabis we need to educate the world about cannabis Absolutely. and in particular the everyday user yeah and we're in a market where high THC percentage is what people think that the majority of the customer is looking for. Yeah. There's not a lot of education about all of the other components that go into the cannabis plant that make for an amazing experience in consuming it. And there's also price, I mean, price gouging, right? So all, most of these people are looking for the most cost effective, the cheapest gummy that they can buy. And they're not, they don't have a lot of background education on it. I think that the market will change Yeah, as more and more people realize like how important it is to educate yourself about what you're buying, who you're buying it from, where it comes from, um, how it's made, how it's manufactured, all of the things. But right now we're in like kind of the free for all, right? Where it's like, 10 gummies for nine dollars and it's like (laughs) i don't know anything like i don't know anything about that like what are they made with there are there are a variety of different ways to make edibles like what's that process like where is it coming from like is it sprayed on the gummies because i want to know you know um so i think things will change but i do I'm hyper focused on education and just like dialogue about it because that's the only way people can learn about what they're buying. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot out there, right? Like there's a lot, but there's a lot of space. There's a lot of space for female products in particular. So in particular as a female, how does um, cannabis help like specific to women? So I always use the analogy, especially in like my parenting days where cannabis for me and I tend to either microdose cannabis and we can talk a little bit about that where it's not as like feeling the head high. It's more about this like my shoulders drop. Yeah. Like I can breathe deeper. I'm more patient. Um, but you don't feel stoned. I don't feel stoned. Yeah. I can be productive. I feel creative. You can I drive feel a like car. engaging yeah. in dialogue with my kids and asking them questions. I feel like when they spill something or there's like a huge mess, like that is very anxiety inducing for me. Like we talked about that yeah. off offline yeah. <laughs> about how like that's where my anxiety manifests itself in like order and cleanliness and scheduling and when things go awry I feel off and cannabis really allows me to kind of tap more into that and say like okay this is not a big deal right yeah like there's play-doh all over the floor I hate crafts I hate games but I have three kids, so I have to engage in those and like do the thing. And sometimes I'm not in the mood to do that. Yeah. And cannabis helps me just like let it go. Yeah. Right. And just like be more chill. Just like we talked about with marriage. Right. Works the same for parenting. Exactly. Also, we found with our friends that cannabis is really great for summer hangouts yeah, instead totally. of beer, right? Because 
the high from cannabis, if you consume a little bit too much, mm-hmm. does wear off. So mm-hmm. you can just stay at your friends a little bit right. longer and then drive home. Right. Like it's even around their kids, mm-hmm. like we're less reckless. Uh-huh. We have, we're more fun. Mm-hmm. We want to play with the kids mm-hmm. when we're hanging out with people. And, and the way we talk about cannabis with our friends' kids, at least, is just the way you would talk about alcohol. Like, it's for adults. Yep. This is what we do when Absolutely. we relax. And and you can make choices for yourself when you're that age and when your body and your mind are fully developed and grown. Yeah. yeah. And, and part of that is showing kids that it can be used responsibly. Like, unlike a lot of people have done in the past where they just hide it so it's a mm-hmm. mystery and then you find it in your parents' sock drawer and try it yourself. Exactly. And, you steal it. Yeah. yeah. And don't know anything about it. And <laughs> you, you don't talk about it and your parents don't talk about it right. and you move on, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I also, I mean, that's really interesting too, Sam, because I feel like even though we're, you know, a little bit apart in age, like our generation of parenting feels different to me. Yeah. And in a good way. Yeah. Right? Like in a more open way where I want to be able to engage in dialogue with my kids about some of these things that they're going to encounter in the real world anyway. Yeah. But I want them to be able to have a comfort level to be able to talk to me about it and ask questions and know that I'm going to be honest with them. I'm not going to hide information and I'm I'm a resource. Like I'm a helper. You well, know? And I'm still your parent and there's still consequences involved and discipline, but like, I'm going to be honest with you. And when you come to me and ask questions, I don't, I'm not going, I'm not going to avoid it or talk over it. Well, and my parents did that with sex for Mm -hmm. us, right? Like if we had questions, they would answer them. And I, because I knew enough about it and the ramifications of what it did to you life. You had the ability to make good choices about it. Yeah. I yeah. didn't have sex until I was I mean, most of old. The time. Yeah. Well, right now I'm a big old slut, but <sighs> I'm married, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caleb is cringing. Um, <laughs> speaking of being a big old slut, um, <laughs> cannabis and sex and periods. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is like a really interesting topic that I, well, feel like women don't talk about anyway, yeah. right? Like how your sex life changes, like the longer you're married, the older you get, like all the different things. Yeah. Um, but cannabis like can really be integrated into that like really pretty easily because of all of the effects that we've already talked about, right? Like it relaxes your mind. It shuts off the fact that like tomorrow's trash day and I got to take out the garbage. Yeah. While I'm trying to like get in the mood, you know, for some time, some sexy time with my husband. Like, I don't really want to be thinking about like the garbage, you know, I can't. Yeah. Right. I have to be all in to that experience to even make it feel good for me. Yeah. Right. And and it also allows you to bring down barriers. Right. mm -hmm. So like, I don't, if you're married, you know that there's nothing sexier than a good conversation. Right. Right. Like there's nothing sexier than being on the same page on like working through shit, talking to each other. Totally. Like there's nothing that gets you in the mood more than feeling unified. And right. weed allows that to happen mm-hmm. more often. Yeah. Which means you might have sex more often. Well, and again, too, it goes back, also goes back to the fact that like, okay, like I'm less annoyed by all of these little things. Yes. Yeah. Right? So everyone goes through this. I think like men, women, like yeah. 
same sex partner, like everyone in a long-term relationship where you're like, what started out as super endearing and cute a decade in doesn't feel like that endearing or cute anymore. Yeah, like, you're it really actually just like, feels off. like yeah. more annoying. Yeah. Right. Like my husband snores, like it's really annoying. Yeah. And before I used to just be like, Oh, whatever. Like it's just kind of, the, and now I'm just like, I want to smother you with a pillow in your mm-hmm. sleep. Like I can't sleep. Especially if you also scream sneezed earlier in the day, like you right. just forget about it and right. move out. Right. Yeah. Like we're done yeah. <laughs> because I can't sleep. Well, I can sleep yeah. when I consume cannabis. Like I can sleep because I'm relaxed. I'm not thinking about it and I'm in a deeper sleep. So it doesn't affect me. I mean, there aren't like there are nights where he sleeps like I call it his Airbnb, like in the guest room. Well, we also let's Um, normalize sleeping in separate rooms every once in a while. One hundred percent, or more often than not. Quality rest. I'm sorry, quality rest is like a priority above many things in my life, especially after having three kids. Oh, like I haven't slept in a decade. Yeah. So um, if you can have the bed to yourself, more power to you. Yeah, exactly. And I don't usually, even if it starts out by myself, it ends up with at least one child. Yeah. Um, but I don't notice because they've taken an edible and yeah. I'm like in a really nice deep sleep and someone can just crawl in and fall asleep with me and I can still wake up. And, and your function. kids are old enough where that's okay that, yep. you, that you don't wake up when they crawl in the bed. Exactly. Um, um, another thing that insects that cannabis has and can help with is I... Part of my anxiety manifests with, because a lot of my anxiety triggers from sexual trauma, mm-hmm. uh, I, my body closes up shop. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice way of describing that my vagina gets so tight. It's done. Yeah. There, there's no nothing entry, going in end. there. Yeah. Yeah. So when Caleb and I were first married, it was margaritas. Mm-hmm. I had to drink a lot of tequila before mm-hmm. I could have sex. Mm-hmm. And not because I didn't want to. Because my body genuinely just has a negative response. And that doesn't always come from sexual trauma. There are just some women who it just, it doesn't always work. Yes. And I think for women, you don't realize like how really tuned in to your mind and your body and like the experience, like everything has to be working together in order for that to feel good. Yeah. And if one thing is off, it's off. Yeah. Right? Like, and because I don't do anything halfway, and it's all of them between. Just closed up. Yeah. And so it really helps, first of all, with genuinely just loosening everything in my body. Second of all, it loosens my inhibitions a Mm -hmm. little bit so that I can ask for what I want. Absolutely. And and also allow yourself to feel good when you want it. Right? Exactly. And, and and just be more in tune with how my body is feeling in a positive way mm-hmm. instead of a negative way because the way your blood flows when you're high is very different. Mm-hmm. just feels different. Sex feels different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can express myself in yes. a way that I couldn't before. Yes. And especially with a strict, not strict, but very Christian upbringing, mm-hmm. there are a lot of really sexy things you want to do, but you have a lot of shame about because you've grown up being taught that your body isn't made for pleasure it's made for reproduction right and so when you have that lowering of inhibitions you can finally feel like you're enjoying it yeah or you're like holy shit this actually does feel really good yeah 
I never tuned into the fact that it does. Sorry. <laughs> Feels so good. You're, you can okay. move the microphone closer to you if yeah, it's like more comfortable. Yeah, phone sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and that was like, that's the permission, right? Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, this does feel good. Yeah. Okay, like, I'm allowed to be into it. Yeah. Okay, second thing, like, I'm allowed to initiate it. Yeah. Or ask for what I want or yeah. tell someone when it doesn't feel good or when I need to have something be done differently. Yeah. And like... That's really hard for women to do. I think that's even like coming to terms with being like a really outspoken woman in like so many other realms of my world and my life. And then realizing like that you still have those inhibition, like those are still there for you. Yeah. How must another woman feel? Exactly. Like crazy. Like, And that journey changes too. There are some amazing female-owned cannabis companies doing some awesome things for women who are approaching menopause and postmenopausal. And as much as we don't want to like think about it or admit it, like my parent, my parents, my you know, like my mom asked. My yeah. mom bought lube from a sex party I hosted because yeah. she's that great. And I love that my parents have sex. Yeah. I honestly, like maybe it's cringy for some people, but I'm like, every time I hear my dad make a joke about it, I'm like, good for you. Yeah. Honestly. Like I want to have that relationship yeah. with my spouse when I'm that age. I want I want my like, husband to still wanna want to have sex with me totally, always. Totally. Yeah. And and like, I remember feeling that like after I had a baby. Yeah. Like, and being like, oh my God. Is this, like, are we ever going to, like, you just watched that happen? Yeah. Or, he's like, don't care. Love you. Love you even more. Like, that was amazing. Like, and like, that's our joke. Like, anytime I ask if something grosses him out, he's literally like, I've seen three children come out of your body. Nothing grosses me out even anymore. That, it's all good. He's seen more of my body than like, I've seen. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Fine. Cool. Don't know how you're attracted cool. to women, but have a nice day. Didn't shower. Don't care. <laughs> you know, like, and part, and that's part of it too. Yeah. Is like you used to, like, I remember like having to like prep for it or like get in the mood. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, okay, you take a shower. I got to put lotion on. I got to shave my legs. I got to blow dry my hair. I got to like have a couple glasses of wine. I got to like be into it. Which I'm not that way at all, just to let you know. I'm like, I literally, we joke about me being a slut because I literally, if he asked me to have sex right now, I'd go in the other room. Like, that's just who I am. So, and that's yeah. awesome. And I wish that like... and But he's not like that. Right. So that's the thing is like in our marriage, it's been trying to explain to people that my husband needs to relax and get in the mood mm-hmm. in order to have sex with me. Yeah. Cannabis helps him with that a lot too. That, well, that's a really good point because we do stereotype things like that, yeah. right? Like the guy always wants to have sex and the woman's always like, oh no, not, you know? And that is a really good point. The other day because- he looked at me when I asked him if we could have sex and he goes, I, if you're watching the video, you can see he just looked at me like he was completely exhausted. And I said, oh, do you need a break? <laughs> Tolerance like, break. He was, like, he was like, I really like you, but yeah, I'm just, I've had enough. <laughs> Poor Caleb sitting here, like, listening to all of this. Oh, he's used um, to it. <laughs> I know. 
Um, but other than like sex, uh, cannabis helps with periods too. I hear. Mm, yeah. Um, and there are a lot of different ways to help with periods too, right? Yeah. Like you don't need to ingest it. Yeah. There's a lot of topical. There's patches. There's a lot of different things that can help like body aches and pains, like just location and knowing too, that if you're using THC, like on the skin, it's not affecting your mind. Right. So you could be using that all day long. Um, And that's been really interesting for a lot of women who have, you know, arthritis, who have really bad menstrual cramps. There's some amazing companies that are making vaginal suppositories. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's absorbed through their membranes like inside and can help with cramping, with vaginal dryness, with like all of those issues. And I think that's really fascinating to think about like the cannabis space expanding upon that where we're not just looking at reasons to get high or to be stoned. We're really looking at solving like really, really specific problems for health and wellness. And there's some cool stuff. Um, I have a cannabis nurse coming to my event on the 25th and I'm fascinated by, she's been an RN for 18 years and then in the last few years has taken like a deeper dive into how cannabis helps with like pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood, female reproduction, like all of the things. And so that's really interesting to me because I think there's so much landscape there that hasn't even been explored. Yeah. And I, that's kind of a good transition into how do we learn all these things? Right. And I really think that Sarah has created a space. I mean, that's the whole point of your nonprofit, right? Where, where we can get together in small groups and educate our friends. Right. Even if, for example, I'm a regular cannabis user and I don't know anything about cannabis and to be able to be in an environment with other people who enjoy using cannabis, but also could use a little Mm -hmm. learning. Um, I went to your event on 420 mm-hmm. with Hannah Green, yeah. who is incredible. And I know, love Hannah. Uh, it's Betkey Pope Productions, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, and it was so fun. It was like, my bad. It was like there was an activity, but it wasn't cheesy and awkward. I learned so much about like the history of cannabis and its impact on culture in Grand Rapids mm-hmm. and, and met people. Yeah. And we could talk openly about our totally. cannabis use. And, if you're looking to get into it, you're hosting an event on the yeah, 25th. I'm having an event on the 25th yeah. um, at Liam Birch, so a local boutique. Um, and they have a studio space in Rockford. And we are just going to talk about cannabis. We're going to have some infused food if you want to try it. And we're also going to have some other non-infused options. We're going to have a CBD cocktail bar that's sponsored by my really good friend, Megan, who owns a company called Little Saints. Okay. And she They have great, beautiful branding, by the way. Beautiful branding. Oh, their cans? I'm like- Wholeheartedly believes in plant medicine in every way, shape, or form. Cannabis, CBD, THC, mushrooms, and she's fascinating. Yeah. Um, do a little bit with that. I think we'll have a couple of female bud tenders there to answer questions. We'll have some promotions from some local dispensaries if anybody wants to shop and try something different. Um, but just in general, like doing a lot of these community events and putting myself out there to see 
what people want, like what questions people have, what they're looking for. It's great product development um, research for me. It's awesome to, as I kind of continue on my path to wanting to go more into manufacturing, it's great research on that end to see what people are looking for and what kinds of questions they have. And just in general, it feels good to be with people who are interested in the same thing and be able to ask questions in an environment that feels like comfortable and chill and mellow and non-judgmental. And if you want to try it, great. If you don't, that's cool too. And we're all here to just like hang out together. And and I can promise you that you won't be more obnoxious than Sarah and I. So you're welcome to come and be completely yourself. That picture that you took of me, like at my 420 event, like really does sum it up. Like I'm cackling. I have my big ass gold hoops on my phone and my LaCroix. Yeah. That's like, that's it. I mean, that's all you need to know. And I really, um, think that events like this, which Sarah is continuing to host and will only grow from here. Hopefully you'll have your own space someday. Um, that, that is the great way to interact with your friends Mm -hmm. and learn together Mm -hmm. and have fun while you're doing it. Right. And, and another way that you can help advocate for cannabis community too, is to share with the people around you. Right. Mm -hmm. Everyone's so ashamed of, posting things totally and everyone thinks they're the only one no everyone learned this lesson in so many ways shapes and forms like i'm the only one who feels this way i'm the only one that's experienced this i'm out on an island all by myself you're not everyone's doing it and so is their mom yeah literally doing it they just (laughs) might not want to talk about it and that i will tell you like full transparency was one of the hardest hurdles for me even to jump through when I started Sarah Jane was like, okay, if I am doing this, like we're jumping in, like this is dialogue with extended family, with children, with my community who tends to err a bit on the more conservative side, with where my kids go to school, like you, like I had to sit with that too and, and kind of like unpack, like, why is this feel so scary for me? Yeah. Right. Like, why is this like, not nervous to tell my parents, but I'm kind of like, I'm starting this company, you know? And like, but that's, I mean, that's the promise I made, right? If I'm going to do it, I got to do it and be it and be the face and talk about it. Yeah, and if you're smoking weed, just tell people. Like, honestly, the only way to to change the stigma is for people to know that your average person uses it. And and you, you don't have to be a stoner to use cannabis. And your products are the perfect yeah. way to do that. And mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit about microdosing. We're sure. almost done here. Yeah. We are on a timeline. But I want you to talk about your products yeah. and why they work well for people who want to be a casual cannabis yeah. user. Yeah, I mean, the whole kind of premise of developing products were wanting to develop like introductory products that made people feel comfortable in buying it, what they look like, how they're packaged and what they'll experience. And I almost looked at it very similar to like your first experience at like a makeup counter or like skincare, right? It's like, okay, so I'm going to dive into this like a little bit cautiously and I'm going to buy like the introductory face wash, lotion, and toner, right? Like, 
I'm at the mall. I'm at the clinic <laughs> counter. So that's kind of, that was the development behind that, right? Like wanting products that are kind of a few different levels that you can either purchase all together, use separately, and like try and integrate better into like your wellness routine. And it's, I've learned a lot. I've yeah. also really learned a lot about the Michigan market and what they're ready for, what we're not ready for yet, and what's coming down the pipeline. So that's been really interesting. Um, but your products are mostly low THC. They're yes. balanced. Yes. They're like, they're middle of the day weed, I would yes. call it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The kind you can smoke mm-hmm. and have your shoulders yep. relax. It's a great thing to give to your mom if she's mm-hmm. never tried it before. It's a great thing to give to anyone that's never tried cannabis yeah. before because you'll feel they're low dose. Yep. So you'll feel safe. You'll feel good. You'll- <laughs> and it's true that like a lot of people are doing it. They're just not talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I've had that conversation with Katie from What Kate Finds. Yeah. Like she's done a whole thing on it, which I loved, like discovering edibles at the age of 40 and had a conversation on the lacrosse field the other night with a mom who was like, oh, I like your tattoos. And I'm like, thanks. And she's like, I probably kind of have to be high if I were going to go get a tattoo. And I'm like, cool, I can help you with both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can give referrals for both things. Yeah. And she was like, really? Yeah. Well, I used to live in Colorado, but now that I live here, like I haven't gotten into it. I'm like, totally. Yeah. Here's my Instagram. Here's my email. Email me. She's like, oh my God, I had no idea that in East Grand Rapids on a sports field for a second grader, I would meet a mom like me, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I had no idea either until I started doing it. Yeah. And the majority of people are like you and they just don't talk about it. Yeah. And if they're not like you, it's amazing how the perception has changed. People, if you say, oh, I probably need to be high for that, people just laugh now. Mm -hmm. They don't glare at you. Exactly. And and I think that there's a lot of real good growth in the Mm -hmm. future of using cannabis in a positive way for interacting with strangers and taking care of your body and interacting with friends and interacting with people you love well look at all the people we're meeting yeah already like oh i'm so excited about the industry in general so interesting just like all of these different people who we all kind of intersect in different interests and different genres of work but like have this in common and it's really really interesting to see who reaches out like even in private and i'm at a luncheon three weeks ago and we're sitting at a table west michigan woman yeah And, you know, I introduced myself, oh, I own a cannabis company and I have a woman who like works for a professional company in marketing or whatever. And she's like, oh my God, I grow weed at my house. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, you do? She's like 55. Yeah. I'm like, you do? Oh my God, here's my email. Like, let's connect. She's like, oh my God, I've just been looking for people to like talk about it with. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely. I think everyone is. It's like everything in life, right? Like. You don't have to be a weed nerd to smoke weed. Totally. Or consume weed or totally vape weed which yeah. is our preferred method these days yeah. but um yeah okay well i think we've covered a lot thanks guys yeah we if you have questions sarah is like the ultimate resource so follow your dot sarah dot jane sarah with an h yes. right and 
I will tag it, obviously. Perfect. Come to the event on the 25th if you want to learn new things. Is it open house style? Is it a program? It's open house style. Okay. We have tickets available on Blackbird. So okay. the link's on my Instagram, and we'll be posting about it all next week. Um, and lots of interesting things to come. There's a couple dispensary events that are coming down the pipeline there's a cool event that i'm going to in detroit so everything's on typically on my instagram mm-hmm. and yeah. where can people find your products uh currently people can find our products right now at flourish provisioning okay. center here in grand rapids okay and yeah. they've been a great partner for you they've been in, an awesome partner. in promoting you yeah. and yeah um yeah. They believe in the mission. They have a lot of female employees. They have a lot of female um, at the executive level, which is also what I look for. Um, who's in your management? Yeah. What does that look like? What does your company look like? Because it's really important to me as I build mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming over. Thanks, Sam. You're welcome. Thanks, Caleb. And that's the episode. <laughs> Ba-da-da-da-da. Did you turn it off yet? Oh, I hate it when you leave it lingering. Okay, thanks for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please like or subscribe on our YouTube channel. And if you really like what you heard, leave a comment so we can hear what you learned from this episode, either on your podcasting app of choice or on our YouTube. It really helps us um, gain traction and hopefully get some of the money back that we invested into this project. So If you could, share with your friends. And if you have any questions or just want to be friends, follow me at at Samantha Ruth Photos. And I respond to almost all of my DMs unless you're a sugar daddy. So sorry about it. (laughs) Oh, my God.